evidence is suggesting that Jeffrey Epstein was killed by Bill and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Damn right. Whoa! Coming in hot. I'm Arthur, by the way. I'm Donovan, and uh, this week, in addition to our brief Jeffrey Epstein commentary, uh, we have friend and stand-up comedian out in L.A. and uh, YouTube series producer Kat Yeary on here with us. How's it going, Kat? What's up, you guys? Pretty good. Just fucking That's... cooling out, having a white claw, enjoying myself. I mean, I'm sorry. What the fuck is a white claw? Whoa! It sounds like a <laughs> shrimp. Like, that was my first thought, <laughs> is that it's shrimp. Uh, Are you white... out of the loop on the claws? Yeah. I'm absolutely out of the loop. If I, Is it alcohol? It is certainly that... is. Uh, I see. Yes. I'm sober. Uh, I'm a fatal alcoholic. <laughs> okay. So... There you go. So that makes uh, sense. Yeah, totally. Uh, white Claw is a is a hard seltzer. Uh, it's five percent alcohol, and it tastes like a Lacroix. Lacroix, Lacroix. Lacroix, please, please. Lacroix. I, I prefer the pronunciation français. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it sound it sounds like what you have actually is a Lacroix. It, it basically tastes it tastes exactly like it, and it is ex- inexplicably oh my god inexplicably popular. Yeah. Like it I has become a it. meme. It is everywhere. I mean, it is it is good. I had yeah. one for the first time uh, over the weekend. I had the black cherry one. I had a tall can. It's it's like five percent like a beer, and uh, I don't know. I got a decent tolerance, and I drank that tall can, and I was I was feeling some things. Well, yeah, so we're, we're here with Kat. We're here drinking White Claws, uh, in part to cope with the fact that, you know, Epstein was murdered by uh, the Clintons. Which means he won't be prosecuted, which means none of this will become public knowledge. No, ex- exactly. And I, I'm bringing this up despite this rarely being a, a political podcast uh, or, you know, a, a murder-related podcast. Uh, on account of the fact that th- there's like so many podcasts about the Epstein case right now, or at least episodes, and that's what I've been listening to all week. Uh, so I got, I got a little bit of the Epstein brain, and I, I had to let it out on our own show. Big shouts uh, to the big homies over at uh, Chapo Trap House uh, for also spreading the Epstein bar virus into my brain. Uh, it's I can't I can't stop I can't stop thinking, thinking about it. Every minute of every day is just like fucking Tartaglione fucking tried to kill him a couple weeks ago. And then, like, did you see today the fucking one dude was not like a regular corrections officer? The one guy that was watching his cell? Oh. Yes. Oh, no, I haven't seen this yet. What happened? So, like, I didn't, like, I can't click on any of the headlines. I can't even dig any deeper because it's just going to make it worse for me. But apparently one of the guys who, like, maybe even the guy who was supposed to watch his cell was not a regular corrections officer, wasn't, like, in their system. So he was, like, put there, like, in my estimation of things, he was put there uh, to just let it happen, right? Fucking spooky. Was was this correctional officer's name um, uh, Thrillery uh, Splinton? Yep. Splinton. <laughs> <laughs> It's just it's just Hillary Clinton wearing a Groucho Marx uh, like nose and eyeglasses. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you're in trouble now. I'd be careful. Yeah, yeah if I cut you out halfway, this out. if I cut out halfway through this episode, it means that the black helicopters uh, have come to get me, and uh, yeah, I may be murdered on uh, old pedophile island in in the Caribbean. <laughs> you can only hope. No, sorry. <laughs> Are you on the um, Are you on the body double tip, or are you on the actually he's actually dead tip? Oh, I think he's dead. Yeah, I I think he's dead too. I reckon for something of of that of that level, um, and it is currently all the focus is on this guy. I mean, there's evidence coming out of people's names uh, in his book and on his flight logs. Um, but as far as, as far as I know, like video footage or any of that like damning evidence hasn't come out. And so you figure a bunch of very powerful billionaire people uh, are involved with this. They've, they've got no incentive to protect this guy, and he's probably you know better to them. They're safer if he is dead. So I, I feel like the move would have just been to kill the guy. Oh, yeah. Well, and if, if you've got a pedophile island, I, I don't think you have any qualms about 
people dying, you know? Yeah. If you're flying to a pedophile island, murdering someone seems like par for the course. Uh, definitely, definitely fucking, definitely <laughs> so. My my favorite one that has been fucking with me, and they've they've talked about this on uh, True and I and Chapo, is that fucking Chris Tucker from Rush Hour is on the flight <laughs> right? log with him and Kevin Spacey. <laughs> what? what? What the fuck, yeah. dude? Yeah. Wow. Chris Tucker. How the fuck did he get? Wow. No, even even beyond just how sketchy this is. Like the the question of. Yeah, how the fuck did this dude, who as far as I know, like, was only in those movies, how did, how did he get involved in all this shit? Like, it's fucking like the Clintons and uh, it, 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 these, like, big fucking name politicians and billionaires, and then it's just Chris Tucker's ass in there. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. I don't get it. Amazing. That's beautiful. It, it is. I- I've got to I've got to dance around this real carefully, and you can't ask me any questions, but okay. I can tell you that I've worked with. <laughs> Uh, both domestic and foreign intelligence in my past, and um, man, it's not it's not that difficult to get them on the phone, and they will tell you things. I'm surprised by none of this. None of this. It's been <sighs> so annoying to think that people like don't believe in conspiracy theories, you know. But now the world's ready, you know. Holy shit! I'm not surprised shit. Chris Tucker was there. RFTB <laughs> exclusive. I hope I don't die for saying anything, but, but I can't not say it. I mean, of all the people to allow me to work with them was stupid. Just stupid. <laughs> I can't keep secrets. I love secrets because I can't keep them. Uh, the best part of secrets is that fucking keeping them. It's telling people about them. That's the yeah. excitement. That's the joy of secrets. If with without saying it, they only give you pain. You know. Mm. This this is true. For your safety, we will not ask any follow ups. Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, but you heard wow. it here first. Some sketchy shit is definitely going on. Don't get sweat by the goddamn. What was the New York Times story running that? I uh, do. It's definitely suicide. I know. I saw. I saw a few fucking media outlets just being like, "No, this is definitely like don't read into it." Yeah. And uh, no, read into it. Get fucking sketched out. Somebody, somebody has to fucking face some consequences for this shit. If this completely goes off, like with no hitch and no fallout, uh, that, then we've it. already lost. That's fucking it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, we have lost. Yeah. I fully believe, fully believe that the CIA runs everything. The federal government is an illusion. Like it's all it's all them. They're running the show. That's what I think. Shit. I can't I can't disagree. Yeah. But I, hey, on a lighter on a lighter note, before we go down a complete just <laughs> we're gonna do a one eighty. This is now a fucking Jeffrey Epstein uh conspiracy podcast. <laughs> we we gotta get we gotta get on the on the tracks of the show. And uh so Kat with a proper introduction for you, you've been doing stand up in LA for a while. Uh, you have your YouTube series, Walls. You are a CIA asset. Can you tell us a, a little <laughs> bit about getting into com- uh, comedy and, you know, your background and black helicopters? Well, actually, after uh, after exiting the black helicopter, I, um, I got real, real drunk and really disillusioned. And I thought, what better than to become a stand-up comedian? And that's really true. So I moved to L.A. about six years ago, and uh, here we are. Here we are. Wow. Yeah. Can oh, I be? Yeah. Can I be uh, a, a hideous uh, amateur and run a bit by you real quick since you're involved in stand-up? Oh, God. Can I do that? He's done it on the show before. There is a little bit of context. Okay. I, well, Small amount. It's your show, man. This is my opener. <laughs> here, okay, this would be my opener. Come out on stage, and I go, horse meat! Who gives a fuck? <laughs> I actually like it. I like it. Do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, it came out a few years ago that uh, Hormel and fucking uh, Sargento or whoever was putting horse meat in the food. Who gives a fuck? You just eat it up. You know, you don't fuck. Nobody actually cooks. You just take it out of a package and you heat it up. Here's a little recipe for you. Salt, cheese, horse meat. Enjoy. Yeah, you know what? I think caring about horse meat is pure hypocrisy. Yes! I'm sure that that's true. So I'm on board. Hell yeah. All right, I'm going to do that at a mic. 
You can see uh, Arthur at the Comedy Store this weekend, Saturday, uh, in the headliner <laughs> slot. Uh, right opening after Chris Tucker. Tucker. At a I'm going to say, <laughs> opening for Chris Tucker. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I will say, because Arthur and I have discussed, uh, I mean, my, my bit of doing stand-up before doing the podcast. I met Kat doing stand-up when I lived in L.A. a few years ago, uh, doing open mics. And I know you, you were running a lot of the open mics out there. Are you still... Uh, like, are you running a lot of shows? I, 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 I'm, I'm very out of touch with that at this point. I, I actually, I mean, I definitely quit hosting open mics. That was a grueling and terrible experience. <laughs> um, but, but I felt necessary to my entrance. Uh, but uh, I, I was hosting a show until uh, last fall, so I guess about a year ago, and I kind of pulled back from that for a while. It's just, it's so much work. It's so much work. It's and it's only for networking, yep. you know. Oh, I'm sure, and you gotta you gotta like I assume keep your energy up the entire time and kind of be like keeping the energy going between each person's set, which I assume is relatively off the cuff. And if you're doing that over yeah. and over again, I'm sure that's like good practice. But I, I feel like that would be draining. Yeah, it's terrible. It's like being at the longest open open mic in the world, like for myself. Like I'm doing 20 minutes at an open mic every Friday. Like I, I can't do it. And the crowd is shrinking as you go. Ugh. Yes, drinking and ignoring me. I, I can't. Well, that, that leads me to this question because uh, I think I've I've talked about my own experience. What what do you think your like worst bombing experience has been? Like one that just. Oh my god, made you feel like garbage. It just went terribly. Oh, my first year in stand up way too soon. Uh I asked Steve Hernandez to put me on Chatterbox and he cruelly, mercilessly agreed to do it. <laughs> and uh I'm sure he knew this bitch is going to fail, right? <laughs> and I mean, I was still terrible. I think I I think I had Friends and no talent, right? Yeah. And uh, I believe I used... This is a show in West Covina, okay? Uh, if anyone listening doesn't know what that is... Um, I mean, I, I've seen Crazy what, Ex-Girlfriend. A, I know West Covina. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's as if strip malls were people. But <laughs> That's Loveland. That's where I'm from, too. That's exactly yeah. what it is. But I used the word hegemony on stage, and uh, I've wanted I've wanted to commit. Literally, I have imagined committing suicide over that moment <laughs> thousands of times, thousands of times. Such a learning experience. Oh my god! Shocking. That's. <laughs> It's just such a fucking disheartening feeling, and I was only doing that about a year, so there was there was a lot of fucking bombing in my experience. Uh, I, I just remember a couple where I got so I, I've got some pretty severe anxiety at times. I remember a couple where I got up on stage and like I I could not read the notebook or remember anything I was going to say, and just had to kind of walk away after. Uh. Somebody was telling me after one of those that they thought that I was doing a bit. And it was really good. And I was like, no, I was just having an anxiety attack. But <laughs> That's actually, I, uh, I had a show at the Lexington a couple years ago, which, uh, like, again, people are not going to know what that is, but the Lexington is a dark place, right? <laughs> and I got up on stage. I did my opener, and then I just went silent, and I said, I'm too depressed to do this show. I'm leaving. And I left. <laughs> That's man. Okay, so the only time I ever tried to go up uh, at a mic, I showed up late, uh, like well after sign up, and they were kind of wrapping up the last sets, and I was late because I was like trying to work up the courage to go, and uh, so I made it in late, and then I ended up fucking the host, and then never going to another mic. <laughs> wow, classic. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way not to do comedy in LA. <laughs> That's a successful career in in one fucking day, dude. You got up there, you know, you you got a groupie, and then you're done. Yeah, you did everything that any of us set out to do. So I was the groupie. Let's be clear. 
Well, Kat, so the, the stand-up is one part. Your other uh, thing you've been working on is, is the series Walls on YouTube, which uh, Arthur and I Arthur and I were checking out. Um, can you, you will give a description better than I will. It, it, it's you and another comedian, I take it, and it's uh, kind of an animated YouTube series on two walls, uh, like the ones in the, in the corner of a room, as different like businesses and people come through this building. Is that about right? Yeah. It's a couple walls uh, who are in a long-term relationship, as you can imagine, you know, because they're both just there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's and no getting the, away. It's one of those storefronts that just can't keep a business, so every episode is a different um, different bad idea. Yeah. I watched... And Go ahead. Oh, go on. I, I, I watched Vape Store and Trendy Church, and they were... Like I, I was very personally affected by vape store because I've been, in, <laughs> I've been in those places, and like it's yeah, it's all like teenagers with piercings, and then like one extremely buff dad, and then a <laughs> goblin, and then a pregnant woman for no reason. That's every vape store I've ever been in. I'm so glad to hear that because neither of us have ever been in a vape store. Nailed we it. We just assumed. We just assumed. Yeah, absolutely, fucking nailed it. It's just like a little a little Zoomer playground with the with the buff dad in the corner. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> I gotta ask, Kat, are you a Daria fan? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I, I was oh go ahead. Well, when I was a teenager, my dad asked me if uh, he accused me of modeling my personality around Daria, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, which he did not. But he's not wrong at the same time. Sure. Daria just captured the zeitgeist. Yes, exactly. And in a good response, like just a good kind of attitude to be taking in in fucking high school. I I'm asking. Uh, well, that's that's probably my favorite animated series of all fucking time. I went as Daria at last Halloween, but I asked because uh, the banter between <laughs> the two walls reminded me a little bit of like the banter and kind of the extended extended scenes with Daria and Jane. Which I fucking love. Like that's one of my favorite aspects of that show, and I just mean like in terms of in terms of tone there. So I was really into that. That's I'm honored to hear that. I'm sure Lauren would be honored to hear that. We've always, like every lesbian, we've always believed that Jane and Daria were actually fucking, in spite of what MTV, what lies MTV was selling to us, and um, and our walls, you know. Are for some reason lesbians too. We just couldn't get around it. So <laughs> I was gonna, we're also an accidentally queer show. I was going to ask that. Like, uh, so at one point during the Trendy Church episode, there is some uh, discussion of the orientation of the walls. Like that. Yes. That uh, the one wall decides that she is floor sexual, <laughs> or like, I suppose I that, that it is. Yes. That it is floor sexual because like are the like yes. I guess the question is like are the walls gendered. And does that make them lesbians? I feel that in the, what is it, the cosmology of the universe we created, there the two genders are walls and floors. Sure. And, <laughs> and, and these walls, these walls are together. And for some reason, you know, it's not walls and floors. So, yeah, walls and floors became uh, the heterosexuality of that universe. And uh, it was based on, I don't know if you guys heard that church that Chris Pine and, like, Justin Bieber go to. Oh, no. But uh, it's called Zoe Church, and it was around the corner from Lauren's old place. So, like, we were just obsessed with it. Honestly, Lauren and I are a couple, and, uh, and, and we were honestly, like, too happy and to, like, get out of the house so it was like how can we continue our creative lives <laughs> like at that it slowed down because i'm doing more stand-up and she's got other shit going on as well but um but that but we used to walk by zoe church that an openly anti-gay organization and really? make out just to upset them every sunday <laughs> nice it Hell was yeah. our tradition it was our tradition it was beautiful beaver That's goes to an that. anti-gay church yeah, how did I not hear about this? I'm, su- yeah. I'm surprised with that. The guy too. the the pastor just every time he gets asked about it, he says, "I'm a Bible guy. I'm a Bible oh, guy." Fuck you. Oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, 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 fuck him. That fucking excuses it. Jesus and Christ. Truly. 
We didn't make it up. He his name is Pastor Chad. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely thought that was just a bit you were throwing in there. That is too fucking perfect. It's yeah, it's too good to be real, you know, but it is. Ugh. I love are it. you still are you still living over that way? I'm I'm just you know, I'm not I'm not making any not making any threats, declaring any fatwas here on the podcast, but that seems like a good place to maybe like throw a white claw can through the window. Mm-hmm. Maybe filled with uh, gasoline and maybe there's a flaming rag in the vicinity. I, I don't know. These are just speculations and ideas. Uh, the Molotov would here. make uh, a shitty Molotov or a white claw would make a shitty Molotov. No, no, no. It's the can yeah. filled with gasoline. The, oh, the sure, alcoholic sure, sure, cider sure. is not going to burn well at all. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's held at the historic El Rey Theater, so... Oh, uh, you don't want to burn down the El Rey. No. no, not at all. But we actually moved to Glendale, uh, which is... I don't understand why people live in L.A. when they could just live in the suburbs. It's wildly better. Because you got to drive and <laughs> eat The quality either. of life skyrocketed. Yeah, the traffic is going to be terrible no matter what, but it's actually better coming in from Glendale. The square footage, half the price. Half the price per square Okay. Feet. And uh, the air quality is better. And I'm... There's a Ross. I can't tell you. It's so much better. <laughs> Dress for less. Yes. Well, so... Dress for less. So, Kat, you're, you're in a relationship now. I've got to ask you our, our traditional question on this show, which is... what What is kind of the... Either the most embarrassing, uh, maybe just dumb, like, dates or relationship experience uh, that you've had. Oh man, there! I made some real mistakes. Um, the most <laughs> embarrassing. There was this one. So I mean, well, it's between two things. The first thing is uh, when I was still drinking. I remember getting to the bar to meet this girl. And nothing afterwards. Oh, no. Until I woke up the next morning with bruises all over my face. Whoa. (laughs) I I realize that that doesn't sound funny to anyone else, but (laughs) looking back, I just think it's fucking hilarious. And I, you know, I was very concerned. So I reached out to her and asked her what happened, and she didn't really have any answers. Uh, She just wished me luck. What? (laughs) What the fuck kind of reaction is that? Uh, Good luck with the physical fucking damage from the the date we had. I read that as... What the fuck? I read that as good luck with your whole scene because that's messy. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. That's how I read it too. My guess is I face planted. That's my guess. Oh, no. um, But... I think it's a close tie with, um, I don't know. I actually think the second one isn't as funny to me. It's just sort of tragic. It's my <laughs> previous breakup. Um, I, uh, my unemployment ran out, still couldn't find a job. Was having Hell a terrible yeah. time finding a job. I know and that My game. girlfriend, she inherited a large sum of money and the minute she got the check she broke up with me oh my uh, god <laughs> and, I, and we were living together it was because com- we're lesbians we're always living together sure. and i was completely out of my ass i had to spend i was uh with my parents for a month in their senior community Fuck yeah. uh, <laughs> Woo! in oregon it was quite something quite something um but uh, but that was my previous relationship, and now you know I live in Glendale next to a Ross with a beautiful woman. So you've done it. It all worked out. You've made Hell it. Hell yeah, that, that, that's what we like to hear. Yeah, <laughs> uplifting, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, so we we have asked you our traditional question, Cat uh, and uh, well, Arthur. I guess I'm going to ask your ass too. How do we feel about getting into uh, getting into some relationship questions from other folks from the internet and from our uh, our fabulous question box? Let's do this. Let's dive in. I feel real good about it. Well, fuck yeah, Arthur. What do we what do we got here first? All right, fucking strap in. This is amazing. I stay horny 
24-7. Yeah, you do. When I'm really horny, I can't focus, and my penis keeps throbbing. And that was posted by Jake12294. That's the whole ass question. That's it. That's all it was. Or maybe, Damn. maybe more of a statement than a it's question. It's a statement, yeah, sure. but also a cry for help. It, it, it I, is. I would, it is. I'm, I'm going to just venture to guess that this young man is between the ages of 12 and 15, right? Yeah. Possibly a little older, but I feel like those are the real crisis years uh, <laughs> with regard to horniness. But, um, man, I mean... I would say I was about that horny at that age, but I I don't understand how men function at that period of in that period of their life. We don't really because you can't you can't hide it. Yeah, you're constantly short circuiting. So um, <laughs> I uh, I mean, what do you do? Do you ice your dick in that situation? How do you? I have no I have no real advice for this. You got to go get the poison out. You got to go hit the. Yeah, you got to in the middle of algebra class. You got to excuse yourself. And go fucking paint the wall. That's what you got to do. That's exactly. You got to you gotta fake an illness, and it's got to be a better illness than the other guys in your class would come up with, you know? You got to <laughs> be on top of getting getting those excuses in first. Do or, everything you can. Or you get that boner hiding apparatus we uh, discussed in a recent episode. All right, do you want to discuss? Oh, tuck it into the waistband. I, I forgot. So that's tuck our it into the waistband. That's our solution. Uh, but we were told of another. I don't know if it's actually a solution, but, but another idea of how to fix this. <laughs> Arthur, you want to you want to describe what the boner hiding apparatus was? Well, uh, the BHA is described by uh, a listener. Was it? A, no, it was a Reddit question. Uh, so pr- not potential, not guaranteed a listener, but potentially a listener. They uh, suggested that you tie the string of a tampon around the tip of your penis and then you shove the tampon into your asshole. Bingo. That's uh, ingenious and (laughs) stupid. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love things that are both ingenious and stupid. That's that's our fucking collective stance here. Uh, Stuff that tampon up there. In regards to age, I I just fucking noticed it. This dude's name is Jake12294. That looks uh, like a birth date. And if that's 94, dude, this guy is fucking 25. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing a 25-year-old who has never like told what masturbation or sex was. Just literally no information at all. And he has been going for like 10 years now since puberty. And his his penis that he thinks is just for peeing, it just keeps getting fucking hard and kind of painful and throbbing. And he's like, what the fuck is this? And it, it's been so long that it's just going on all the time because he, he doesn't know what to do about it. And honestly, that, case, that sounds stressful as hell. Yeah, that sounds terrible. I think it, he's he probably should be on suicide watch anyway. So going for one of the wow. more hardcore like antipsychotics might work for him. Just take some Seroquel, you know, nip it in the butt. <laughs> Being on Suicide Watch didn't do Jeffrey Epps any good. Oh! <laughs> oh, sure didn't. Uh, uh, folks, that's a callback to the Epstein hour. Ah. That's right. <laughs> All right. I hope you're not fucking 25. And if you are, fucking masturbate, dude. That's the solution yeah. here. Yeah. I don't know. Stick the tampon up your ass. Tie the strings around your penis. Dude, do something. But this, unless you are like twelve, this ain't normal. And if you are, okay, that is normal, and just just fucking chill. That's, that's my that's new ringtone for you, by the way, is just you saying "masturbate, dude." <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Advice that applies everywhere, uh, including possibly to this next question, which is how do I thirty M approach isolated neighbor seventy M for friendship? <laughs> this is, by the way, a brand product. There we go. Potential friend here. Because, uh, sorry if this is a dumb question. I'm a social train wreck and a classic overthinker. In my apartment building lobby, there is almost always an elderly man in a wheelchair just sitting there by himself. I come and go at all hours of the day and night, and more often than not, he is just sitting there by himself. I have no idea what his story is. My question is stupid and simple. 
What is a good way to try to have an extended conversation with him? I say hello to him sometimes, but that's it. The lobby has an assortment of chairs and furniture, so I can easily sit with him. My only reservation is that he seems to have nowhere else to go, so if I were to sit and talk to him, he's pretty much stuck with me and can't escape. He may not want friends. He never initiates greetings or further conversations. But I just hate seeing this guy by himself all the time, and I'm wondering if he wouldn't mind some company. My current plan is to either bring a bagged lunch by and ask, ask if he minds that I eat with him, or bring a deck of cards on some evening and ask if he wants to play war or some shit. Does my plan sound reasonable? Or should I leave this guy alone and stick with generic small talk as a come and go? TLDR, should I try and strike up a friendship with my potentially lonely neighbor? And if so, how? And I was posted by not the smartest. <laughs> D instead of a T. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like it. Mm. Um, I think the I think the card idea is a really good idea. Nope. That's my uh, go to as an awkward sober person. You because know, alcohol is the only thing that allows us to interact with others in True. our society. Cheers to uh, that. Proposing game night is always the way to go. But always awkward at first, but uh, it does break the ice. So I think pulling out the cards is a good idea. And you got to remember, it doesn't if if he just hates people and that's why he's alone you know no skin off your back move on true definitely i i think it's worth a shot too i get the like kind of like okay what if he feels like trapped here with me but i i I don't know you know don't don't stick around too long the first time around if he seems uncomfortable or you know he starts referring to you as a as a piece of shit millennial should be thrown in the garbage disposal (laughs) post haste maybe get the hell out of there but but chances are he's gonna appreciate it yeah. I mean, I, I, I do in general, even if your neighbor just makes like a little conversation with you. I, I don't know. I think a lot of people appreciate that. And something like cards or just being like, hey, you mind if I eat with you? I, I don't know. He's not, I don't think he's going to be pissed. You know, worst no, case no. scenario is not going to be that into it. And you can read that and, then, and not keep doing it. But I don't know, man. People overlook neighbors. People overlook old people. I, I think he'd appreciate this. He might as well try. This reminds me. Yeah. Yeah. This reminds me. Of uh, I lived in a building where there was a cat that nobody owned. It was just like a community cat that like lived in the hallway and people fed it. Hell yeah! Reminds, reminds <laughs> me of that somehow. They just just always there in the lobby when you go by, <clears throat> and you know just stop by, give them some pets. Uh, maybe you know bring a treat with you. Uh, tell tell him he's a good old man. Yeah, bring a That's- mouse on a string. Yank yeah. it around, see if he goes after it. You might get him out of the chair. But I, uh, so the suggestion that it's like, maybe I'll bring a bag lunch and stop by. Bring this motherfucker some food. Like, just stop by with lunch and be like, hey, um, I was going to eat and I, I, you know, I got some extra, you know, I got an extra pastrami sandwich. I don't know if you want to fucking have lunch with me or not. Like, I think that's a good. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Having extra of something is the, that's perfect, you know? And, uh, I mean, if the old guy thinks you're hitting on him, all the better. This is a good potential romance, you know? Yeah. If it's not the, if it's not the prelude to a romantic comedy, it's at least the prelude to, you know, an inspiring PG rated film. And, uh, I think you should do it. You should go for it. Absolutely. There we go. You might get yourself a a caramel daddy. Wow, which is the term I just came up for, like an old sugar daddy, like that kind of turned into caramel. The hard just candy a little, man. Yeah, he's yeah. a little sticky. <laughs> a little sticky. <laughs> Give it a try. Give it a try. You know, you can you can provide him um, with uh, sponge baths in return for Werther's Originals. It could be a very lucrative gig. What if that's what this guy is actually angling for, and he's <laughs> he's not going to say it. Uh, for fear of judgment, but I mean, listen, I I said it before, but you know, go forth. God bless. Maybe that old guy. I mean, they they still want to come. That's true. That's true. Maybe he's playing fucking seven D chess here, trying to look kind of sympathetic. You bring him the pastrami sandwich. You know, he regales you of tales of his youth and his you know lack of uh, uh, sexual. 
sexual activity recently, you know, maybe maybe you want to give him your backdoor pastrami sandwich. It could it could be good. It could be very good. Love is in the air. Love is in the wheelchair. Fuck this old man. All right. Nailed it. Yeah, we did good. I changed your name in our group chat to Lil Sticky, by the way. Oh, thank you so, so much. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, from Lil Sticky to you, what is next? Yeah, what about this next one where it go like this? Uh, Why do I do this? Is the headline. If I'm feeling horny and want to have sex with my boyfriend, I give him all the clues without directly saying it. Rubbing his penis taking my clothes off, spooning and rubbing against him, etc. And he knows what I want. uh, Yeah, yeah, he does. We've been (laughs) together six years, so he knows all the little things I do when I need a dicking. Anyway, if he doesn't act on my urges immediately or show interest in having sex in that moment, at least three out of five times, I instantly shut down emotionally and get in a really quiet, aloof mood, sometimes even angry at him. And if he wants the sex, a few minutes later, or an hour later, I'm not even interested anymore. Has anyone else experienced this? I feel bad because I know it's not quote-unquote normal. I don't know what's wrong with me. And that was posted by Dubsky with three eyes. All right, Dubsky. If you're something, if you're somebody like me, like sexual energy can like be like a pretty intense peak and then drop off pretty quickly. So I get I get that part of it. Like somebody's not into it, and you're kind of like, all right, and you're not so into it later on. The thing that stands out to me here, though, is that you're kind of shutting down emotionally. You say you're getting kind of quiet and angry at him afterwards, which I feel like it comes off to me that you're feeling kind of rejected by this, and you gotta you gotta try to like avoid framing it like that. Because I mean, that's the fucking deal here. You've been dating for six years. Sexual energy is going to difference different, but uh, be different between you two. And you know, sometimes like those peaks of horniness, they're not going to match up. Sometimes somebody's just not in the mood, and you got to recognize that that that's just kind of a thing that happens, rather than him like actively rejecting you. And uh, if this is something that's that's happened like pretty frequently too. And it tends to be that you're the one who's initiating and he's not into it. It might just be that you got more of a sex drive than this guy. And, I mean, that's, that's fucking common. Like, I'd say more common than not in relationships. Because everybody's different in that regard. And, uh, I don't know, nobody wants to fucking have sex when they're not into it. Uh, but if you aren't getting... You know, if you feel like this is a running thing and you feel like you need more sexual engagement in this relationship, you gotta, you gotta bring that up with them. And don't frame it as like a... Oh, like, why are you not into me thing? You got to frame it as like, a, hey, you know, it seems like you haven't been into this like as often as I have. Uh, but this is something like I kind of need and just kind of try to start a discussion from there. But again, like coming to it from uh, like, I understand there's a difference here rather than a like, what? Why? Why are you not? In, why do you hate me? Sort of angle, because I, I, mm-hmm. I think I think that gets people off on the wrong foot. I don't know. I kind of I kind of had a different read on this. Oh, like, I. I kind of felt from this that she was she's torturing this guy accidentally on purpose, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. And there are two things I know about this woman. Like well, it could be two things, it could be both both things. One, there is a secret resentment that is not being addressed. Mm. Uh, we love to harbor those, my gender and uh and we love to not talk about it and just torture people. We're cats, basically. Huh? Girls are cats. And uh, two, a lot of the women I know who are like this are just gay. They just mm. they just turn out to be gay. Um, for whatever reason, they're just not fully cognizant of it until they're mid to late twenties. We used but, we used uh, to play a game at the Renaissance Festival called "Gay and Doesn't Know It," and you would just name somebody <laughs> who's gay and has no idea that they're gay. Yeah, yeah. People played that game with me all the time, and they were a hundred percent right. A hundred percent. Um. 
But I also, th- I, like, I wonder it, how long this has been going on, you know? Like, is this something that started early in the relationship and kept going? Because a lot of people will stick with it. They'll just stick with it for some reason. Um, or if it's, like, a more recent development, right? Because, Donovan, I think your approach to this, if this is only in the last, like, couple years, uh, all, all right. But if it's been going on since the beginning... Yeah, it's that's a different story. That's that's definitely different. And uh, no, because you're right. I mean, it, sometimes just staying in a relationship is easy. And so people can't really be bothered to jump out. And I mean, that could last fucking six years. I have friends yep. who are doing that shit right now, unfortunately. Um, so, yeah, that would be like a really important thing to know here is when when this kind of started happening. Because, uh, yeah, I think the solution is different depending on that. Yeah. For, uh... well, and the way she, oh, well, the way she, I just want to add this, sure. the way she phrases it, why do I do this? She, saying it that way, I feel like I know that she knows why she does this. But, <laughs> she, and it's because she gets something out of it, right? She's absolutely getting something out of this. Mm. But she wants to... Have people help her construct the reality where she's not getting something out of it and she doesn't know why she is the way she is. That's that's my breakdown okay. of the... I mean, honestly, this bitch. <laughs> for, uh, for my read on the situation, I take you to Urban Dictionary for the defini- definition of shit starter. <laughs> person yeah. who likes to stir pots of trouble and cause grief usually this involves saying something to someone that they know will upset the person example adrian is a shit starter for telling cody that his chick has a nice truck when he knows that it will upset cody she is like so she gets she gets a little horned up and then she goes oh babe i wanna fucking me fucking give me that duck right And then Cody goes, "Uh, listen, I'm, you know, my homies, we're playing COD. It's no big, you know, like, just chill out for a little bit. I'll be on in a little while. And she goes, and she gets to be, like, (laughs) mad at him, right? Or he's into it, and she gets to, like, just go, actually, you know, really, no, no, actually, no. So she gets to just, like... Whatever his answer is, it can be the wrong answer. So she just wants to, like, put him in a situation where he's, like, forced to make the wrong decision. And uh, she gets to be mad at him about it. And some yeah, some people and just is, get to do that. And a lot of the time, the motivation behind that is you secretly resent the person for some reason. So you're, yes, you know, it's a perfect way to punish him for that. And a lot of the time, the reason that resentment is happening is because she's gay. I'm sure. I know I come from a place of extreme bias, but every I know so many women, recently straight women, right? Who just deliberately fucked with every man they dated. You know, they like loved to like in bed at the end when he's like, "Oh, this was that was great." To always say something terrible like it's okay. <laughs> Five out of ten. It's wow. Uh, I I think something's up with this chick, for sure. I, I could see if that. it's not the homo thing. You know, she hates him. It's a no, good read. I, I, I could see that, especially if it's going on. That it's either that or just another source of disinterest. But again, you're just kind of sticking him with a relationship. Because it's easy, and if you're the sort of person who's asking, like, why do I do this, and, like, aren't in touch with yourself enough to be like, oh, okay, these are the reasons I do this, how do I fix this? It seems like the sort of person who would be sticking in a relationship with somebody that they don't really like, because it is fucking work to, like, examine where your feelings are coming from, or why you feel certain things, and if your life, you know, you got an apartment together, uh, you're kind of dependent on each other in some way, it can definitely be easier just to you know, keep that shitty relationship train going down the shitty relationship track. Yeah, well, and for a lot of women, and like my observation, a steady stream of validation will do the trick, right? That can keep things going for a long time. Yes. Like there's still, you know, that dynamic, you know, who knows what really causes it, but where like a relationship legitimizes a woman's place in the world. So... Mm. 
a, a lot of them stick with it just for that. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if the rejection coming from him is because she's constantly rejecting him and it's hurting his feelings. Why would he agree to have sex with her if he knows what's going to happen, right? Mm. I feel that. I blame her for everything. That's where I'm firmly on this guy's side. <laughs> and there's something wrong with her. Re- regardless of, of situation here, this person needs to sit down and fucking think about what they want here. Uh, because, I don't know, man. You can't you can't just keep trucking down this track. If this is like actively making feel feel actively making you feel like this, even if there is like some level of enjoyment to kind of fucking with this person or the validation is there, like I think actual relationship advice here is th- like none of this shit is healthy. So you gotta either yeah. talk to him if it, if it's a matter of that and sort out what the fuck is going on with differing sex drives, or if this is like a deep seated you, you're just not really into this, but you're going with it for the ease of it. Fucking examine that feeling, and uh, I don't know. Maybe we give it the air horns for that, and and you get out of this one. Because uh, if this has going been going on for close to six years, and you're still together, that's fucked up. Regardless of reason, any reason causing that is bad fucking news. And I don't think you should keep. It would have been fixed by now if you were in a healthy place. Who that? Yeah, and it, it sounds like they're young. And honestly, if your relationship's that much work, and you haven't hit thirty. Just try for another one. Like, don't put, <laughs> don't put yourself through it. If you, what, the closer you get to death, I understand, but <laughs> she, but she's still got plenty of options. And I absolutely mean everything I just said. I hundred percent. I feel it. All right, Dubsky, fucking tuck and roll, and uh, we hope you figure this shit out. But hey, this brings us uh, to our question box this week. Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who? Asking all them questions. Asking all them questions. Why you asking all them questions? Making statements. Us who? And a reminder. A reminder to uh, listeners with short memories or some information for new listeners. We've got an anonymous question box on the show. If you'd like to submit your question, have us answer it on air, maybe make funny a little bit, you can go to our uh, Instagram at Radio Free Tote Bag and click the link in the bio, or you can go to our website, RadioFreeToteBag.Podient.Co, and click that uh, Submit Your Question button. You don't have to make an account. It's totally anonymous. You just got that text box. You type your uh, question in there, and then we respond to it on the show, and uh, everybody everybody wins, except for Jeffrey Epstein on account of his debt. <laughs> Easy peasy. Bingo. So this week, uh, here's what we got. I have recently noticed a tendency of mine that I can't stop, and it's causing me some anxiety and guilt. I've fallen into a rhythm where I meet a person, we both catch strong feelings and become physically intimate very quickly, and then a month later I become fed up with their personality and cut the romantic part of our relationship off. (laughs) Sometimes I lose attraction to the person too, almost like a repulsion. What's the deal? How do I fix this? For context, this has happened about four times in the last year or so. What do we think? I got to tell you, I used to do that a lot. Fucking same. I used to do it a lot. And uh, I I didn't want women who liked me. I, mm. you know, so the, the beginning's really exciting. But then if she actually liked me, I, you know, I found it disgusting, to be totally honest. And I, I could never put that into words, right? Uh, my fake sense of self-confidence would have been threatened by that. But, uh... I'm in a relationship now with someone who pursued me, like actually likes me, which I don't know that before that I've ever stuck with someone who was willing to do that. Um, and uh, I, don't, I think like a lot of this, a lot of the time this comes down to like deeper shit you need to look at. Like when you're avoidant, it's because like stuff is off. Uh it's never really healthy to be the avoidant person. That said, like, I mean, you're, you're going to do your thing until you know what's up. You're just going to keep doing your thing. And, uh, and love is stupid. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yes, it is. It's, it's dumb and enjoy it 
you know, again, if this person's real young, like, go ahead, have extreme feelings, like, get it out. As long as you're not deliberately ruining lives, it's really not that big of a deal, in my opinion, you know? Um, I'm sure a lot of the people this person's date this person is dated feel otherwise but it's for them to learn too there are so many people that chase avoidant people and they're just being i'm like myself for i've done both i've absolutely played both sides of the field here and chasing after the avoidant person is it's pathetic stop don't (laughs) turn around you know (laughs) turn the fucking love your love yourself Love that's the answer to all of it. Love yourself. Arthur, you got any thoughts? I really hundred percent don't much because I haven't had this kind of experience. I I feel like maybe I've been the person that has, you know, fallen fast and felt the extreme feelings and then had the other person find my uh, personality repulsive. <laughs> but I haven't I don't know that I've been this end of things. Like I, got, I really don't have any. I don't have anything other than like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna co-sign the whole feel the extreme feelings, and as long as you're not, you know, really ruining anyone's life, fucking go for it. Well, a lot of times, sex has nothing to do whether or not you really like the person, and like, sure. sex makes you feel all kinds of oxytocin and shit. I was in a relationship for a year. Because the sex was incredible. And I vaguely knew that I didn't truly want to get to know her. Mm. But there was a period at the end where we stopped having sex. And I realized that I just fundamentally disliked her. But I was convinced at one point that she was the one, right? Wow. But it was just because the sex was so awesome. That's all it was. And probably the reason the sex was so awesome... It's because I hated her, but I those layers those layers are hard to see when it's happening. I I definitely feel that, and I, I have been in this situation, and uh, part of it for me too has been I don't know at the beginning of any relationship or just dating or hooking up with somebody, you know you don't see any imperfections yet. You haven't spent enough time to like figure out what you don't like about each other, and. If you're somebody who's had a lot of just kind of like failures with relationships or a lot of things that just didn't really go anywhere, it's easy for that cycle to kind of repeat because it's like one of these burns out, then you meet somebody and you're like, oh, oh, fuck, holy shit, this could actually like be something. You get all worked up about it. Your expectations get fucking higher than they should be. And, uh, you know, you got about a month or so there and then you're like, oh, fuck. And you drop so hard because you got yourself up so high about it. You had so much expectation for it. And I don't, I don't think that's abnormal, like you were saying, Kat. I think that's fucking part of dating. You gotta, you know, you can't just go on one date with somebody and be like, oh, yeah, or ah, nope. I mean, you can sometimes, but you usually gotta, you usually gotta do a few dates, hook up with each other yeah. a little bit, fucking see if usually, there's compatibility. Usually, you can read the nope. It's a little bit harder to read the yes. True. True. Yeah. Yeah. You can read, you can read the the hard no there. Um, but but I think this is normal. I think that the important thing here, though, is that with these folks that you're dating and it's not working out with, you gotta be you gotta be real good at communication with this because this will fuck somebody up if you're coming at them with all this affection and love and stuff, and they get excited about it, and you just drop off the map to the degree where like you're even feeling repulsed. And I've fucking felt that. You gotta you gotta ease it on them some way. You gotta you yeah, gotta be you cool gotta about say this. You gotta say something. But it's but it's fucking hard too, because especially if you're in one of those situations where you like this person but the feelings aren't there, and you're like, oh, I don't want to fucking hurt him, and you just kind of dance around it. But that's just gonna end up fucking him up more. So if you hit this point, you gotta tell him about it. Like this is okay. It's not an abnormal thing to feel. I will say though, like maybe prevention in the future, just wind yourself back a little bit. Yeah, fucking take things a little slower. Yeah. Don't don't jump into. You go on one date, oh, fuck this, it's going to be a really, I love this person so much. I just tone it down a little bit, give it a little bit more time. And uh, again, fucking just, just communicate these feelings, don't fucking ghost them. Yeah, well, and you can't, you can't help your feelings, but be skeptical of your feelings. Like, see that shit, like, you got to look at it, 
Yeah, and you got to figure out whether it's based on reality. You know, I I really liked it. I like the term skeptical for this. Well, and uh, I feel like people like one of the problems with this scenario, especially the last like. 10, 15 years is that people don't know, like they're scared of having that conversation in person and the option exists to disappear. And so like ghosting has been this huge thing. And I think people don't realize, I'm totally on board with the idea that you can end a relationship over text, over email, on the phone. I think that's totally fine. Personally for me, I would almost prefer that unless it's, you know, really serious, unless it's really, really serious. But like, give me the opportunity to save face. I don't need you to know how I feel about it. Like, just just cut it off. But disappearing, that is cruel. That's very cruel. But but just to say, hey, you know, I I think I got ahead of myself. I'm not sure this is going to work out. And I wish you well. That's all you got to say. Fucking write a script. Say it every time it happens. (laughs) Like... You just got it's one of those. The right thing. You got one of those phone shortcuts, and if you type out like "break up" and autocorrects <laughs> to yes, "Hey, yes. I think I got a bit ahead of myself here." Uh, you know, I like you a lot. I don't want to hurt your feelings. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling this. Bingo. Automatic I'm behind that. for the people. Hundred <laughs> percent behind it. All right. Well, got good. Good luck out there, uh, a listener here, and. Uh, but yeah, you know, just just make sure you're not fucking these people up and, and 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 being shitty about this. Yeah, but also know also you can't be responsible for other people's feelings mm. because people will make you feel responsible, True. you know? I think we've all we've all dated that person who's like tries to like negotiate with you based on how much they're hurt by it and like that's it's never it's never worth your life. Like, their feelings aren't worth your life and your time. No, for, for fucking real. And we've said before, like, ending relationships, especially if it's a very bad one, you don't owe that person anything. But it is just, a, if they're not shitty, it is a nice thing to do. But that's accurate. Don't, yeah. don't get fucking caught into a guilt wormhole. Because that's just going to end up worse for them, too. And that's going to be hell for you. You got to make it clean, communicate the feelings. And if they want to start playing some sort of fucking guilt game, that's when I think you can cut off without without feeling yeah, bad absolutely. about that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I've absolutely ghosted people after they like won't won't let it go, you know? Yeah. If I say I don't want to talk about it anymore and you keep coming at me, I'm going to disappear. It'll come get, to that. Get the fuck out of here. Well, hey, yep. speaking of getting the fuck out of here, uh <laughs> I think it's time that we wrap up fellas and, and lady, late well, fella and lady. I can be a fella. Yeah, <laughs> yeah fellas. fellas. <laughs> It's definitely both. <laughs> uh, I think it's important uh, to let everyone know that our intro song is the song Hanging On by the band Nowhere and that you can find their music at nowheremusic.bandcamp.com. And our outro music is the song Stephanie by the Hayfellows. You can find it at instagram.com slash the Hayfellows. Or go on Spotify and look them up. It's three words. It's the Hayfellows. Kat, thank you for coming on here. You've been fucking wonderful. It's also good to talk to you again because I, I haven't seen you a few years. Like I was since I was out in LA, so it's fucking been great. Yeah, it's nice to catch up. This is real fun. I'm, I'm I love I... spouting bullshit. I, this is great. <laughs> I think I think we're doing good. Well, to you, the listener, if you'd like to check out Cat Series Walls, uh, if you look that up on YouTube uh, with Cat's name, Cat Yuri, you will find that we got four episodes up there. Cat's got a podcast coming out called the Self Help Book Club. Uh, it's going to be out about fall this year, you were thinking? Yeah, it should be out, it, I'd say, four to six weeks. Well, fucking, fucking check that out. We got a podcast, friend of the show, podcast of the pod... It didn't make any sense. You can also <laughs> check out Kat on Instagram, at Kat underscore Yuri, on Twitter, at Kat Yuri. And if you're in L.A., and you are hearing this on the day that it comes out, which is Thursday, August 15th, Kat is playing a show tonight uh, at the Good Night in Burbank, California. And uh, so I don't know what time of day you might be listening to this, but you should go check that out because she's, uh, she's pretty fucking funny. Well, thank you. Fuck yeah. Uh, folks, I just want just to lean in real close on this microphone and uh, let everybody know that I treasure this time that we have together, and I really appreciate you listening. 
And I want to give a big uh, thanks uh, to Kat Yeary for coming on the fucking show. Let's get that going, folks. Hey, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, this was excellent. And I uh, love you. Thanks. Bye. Okay, bye. Yeah, ciao. <laughs> We've done it. <laughs>